Hello, Chillinois. How's it going this afternoon? I had uh, some time and I just thought I wanted to uh, drop a little little podcast your way. Um, as always, um, this is the Chillinois Podcast. Um, you can follow us on social media if you haven't already. I'm on Instagram at Chillinois Podcast and I'm on Twitter at Chillinois State. Today I wanted to talk about something that I found in House Bill 1. 443 which you may have heard about on on thursday july 15th illinois governor jb pritzker signed house bill 1443 into law this bill removed the requirement that medical cannabis patients select a single dispensary although the requirement to identify a single dispensary was temporarily lifted on july on June 25th, 2021, following the go-live of the new medical cannabis registry system, the signing of this bill into law makes that change permanent. While the current online application still requires a dispensary selection, patients no longer need to use the online system to change dispensaries, and you'll be able to purchase cannabis at any medical cannabis dispensary regardless of which dispensary is identified in the online system. The Illinois Department of Health is working to have that field removed soon, and medical patient quantity limits will continue to be enforced. So don't try to pull a sneaky one on us. Um, Folks, one of the things I wanted to point you to in this bill that I don't feel like anybody's talking about, uh, there's actually a few people talking about this first one. It's it's a welcome change. Uh, I'm really excited to see some language being updated although i wish it would was updated um a little bit more but but i'll take what i can get right so one of the things that i noticed in the language of house bill 1443 is that there's a subsection that says no driver who is a medical cannabis card holder a medical cannabis designated caregiver medical cannabis cultivation center agent or dispensing organization agent may possess medical cannabis within any area of any motor vehicle upon a highway in this state except in a secured, sealed, or resealable, odor-proof, and child-resistant medical cannabis container that is inaccessible. The language used to be um, that the container, I believe, it, I believe the language used to be that it needed to be in a sealed, child-proof, and odored container odor-proof container so now it needs to be secured sealed in in a secured sealed or resealable odor-proof and child-resistant medical cannabis container that is inaccessible so folks make it inaccessible this is something we've talked about on the podcast in the past so definitely go out of your way to make it inaccessible what i'm happy to see is that the language resealable was added because see the sealed language was good and i know i i've believe i've talked about the origins of why it was called sealed language because originally it was uh i believe lobbied by some police unions to to for the language to be tamper proof container but if it was a tamper proof container then that would mean if you brought your eighth over to your buddy's house opened it smoked a gram out of it that it would be illegal for you um to basically take that cannabis home cannabis isn't a one-way product just like if you were to for example buy a 24 pack go over to your buddy's house and only drink two of the beers by all means you should be allowed to bring home the rest of your 24 pack right 
So that's why sealed language was put into the law as opposed to having you know like tamper evident or something similar to that. But it's nice to see resealable added to this language because one of the questions I've asked um, police, you know, law enforcement officers is what are medical cannabis patients supposed to do? Um, because, you know, technically speaking, we could still meet the old definition of the law. Um, but resealable definitely makes um, complying with the law a lot easier. And, and by complying with the law, I mean when you're transporting homegrown uh, cannabis, home cultivated cannabis, it's nice that, I mean, I feel like it, it's easy enough to find a sealed or resealable, odor-proof, child-resistant medical cannabis container. Um, <laughs> easy enough to find one of those containers. Of course, good luck finding one that's actually odor-proof. And that's my overall problem with this language. Odor-proof needs to go. Um, it's bullshit. It shouldn't be there. Odor shouldn't have... Odor-proof, the language just shouldn't be there. As long as it's sealed and it's inaccessible... There should that should be all the transportation law is. So um, that's something that's interesting that not a lot of people are talking about. Another thing that's interesting, I want everybody to look into. I just shared this image on my Instagram. It's an excerpt from the law. There's a few different parts uh, in the law. I was just looking at home cultivation because I was just trying to see if anything changed with home cultivation, and I saw this part that I have not heard anybody really talk about. Um, there's this section in the law that says the legal voters of any precinct within a municipality with a population of over 500,000 people may petition their local alderman using a petition form made available online by the city clerk to introduce an ordinance establishing the precinct as a restricted zone. Such petition shall specify whether it seeks an ordinance to, ordinance to prohibit within the precinct home cultivation one or more types of cannabis business establishments or home cultivation and one or more types of cannabis business establishments. I don't know why that was listed twice, but I'm not going to pretend to understand law at all. And that's why I say just look into this, folks. I want you to reach out to your local representatives, ask them what this language means, demand um, an explanation. I mean, it's pretty clear cut to me that basically what it allows for is a petition to be made and it allows for a municipality to limit home cultivation. And to me, it's pretty shocking that this hasn't had any coverage in the news because up until now, Illinois law, I may be mistaken on this, but from what I understand, up until now, Illinois law there was nothing in Illinois law that allowed a municipality or any sort of city ordinance to regulate your right to grow. In other words, if you owned the property and you were growing in compliance with the law, which means in a secured, locked location in your house within your five plant limit, if you're doing all those things, like I say, on your property, then nobody is allowed to regulate your right to grow. But this, this law 
this language in this law, HB 1443, makes me think that, well, maybe you don't have uh, the, that right, that, you know, kind of God-given, you can't take this right away from me, right? I don't know. That's not the best way to say it. It, <laughs> I am uh, tired, folks. I actually had to drop Justine off at 3 o'clock this morning. It is 9.20 right now, and I've been up since about 2.30 this morning. So I'm not really thinking clearly, but I wanted to share this with you guys because I don't know why I was just looking through the law, and I found this, and I just found this interesting. Another thing that I found interesting, um, it's a little bit further down in the section, um, it says, upon, you know, it's talking about upon receiving a petition containing the signatures of at least 25% of the registered voters of the precinct, concluding that, and concluding the petition is legally sufficient, blah, blah, blah. It's basically saying upon being notified, aldermen following an assessment of relevant factors within the precinct, including but not limited to its geography, density, and character, the prevalence of residentially zoned property, currently licensed cannabis business establishments in the precinct, the current amount of home cultivation in the precinct, and the prevailing viewpoint with regard to the issue raised in the petition. Here's my thing. I've never heard so the current amount of home cultivation. How would they even begin to maybe this isn't the right word, but aggregate that data? How would they how would they begin to collect that data? Would they just surmise that would they like look at okay the, like okay this is Westford municipality looks like we've got um it looks like we've got 1500 registered medical cannabis patients in our precinct do they just assume that those 1500 all cultivate it? how how are they getting this number when they're um when they're considering those relevant factors i'm just really confused and i obviously don't have any answers for you folks but i think i found something but i might be wrong i was up at 2:30 this morning i i don't know i don't know what the fuck's going on <laughs> So, folks, look into this shit. I'm going to keep looking into it. I'm going to send it to people that know what they're talking about. They're going to look at it. They're going to figure it out. They're going to tell me, Cole, you're fucking stupid. No. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. I don't want to be right about this. This would suck to be right about. Anyways, that's all I have. That's really all I have. I hope uh, this short episode was informative. Please uh, check out the podcast we've been doing. We just um, recently... Oh, Justine just texted me. It sounds like we're going to be hopping on a call. Sounds good. Talk soon. Um, so check out the podcasts we've been releasing. I just actually released a podcast earlier tonight. Um, there's a medical, grower, uh, yeah, medical growers meetup. So if you're interested in that check out the last episode to learn more about that um, also we recently did a podcast with nicholas williams from orego labs um, we did a podcast with charles from prescribed pretty that was a pretty cool podcast check that out 
Um, we did one with Chicago Cartage Company, which is one of uh, one of the first cannabis consumption lounges to open up in this state of Illinois. Um, we did a podcast with Dr. Sheila Simons, a professor at Eastern Illinois University. Um, she works in the Department of Public Health at Illinois Eastern University. Um, we've done a podcast with Kate Manson. That podcast was actually hosted by Justine. So if you want to check that out, that's uh, number 95 with Kate Manson. She's the uh, founder of Golden Hour Delights and the founder and CEO of Tarot CBD. Um, and the list goes on and on. We've got really good stuff going on, you know, so check that stuff out. Thank you for listening and thank you for all the positive feedback uh, we've been receiving. It's really helpful. Um, truly it makes me uh, happy and, um, I hope that all you are doing well. Um, if you have any feedback or any questions for us here at the podcast, just go to chillinoynet slash contact and send us an email. It's as easy as that. Or you can reach out to us on social media. We're on Chillinoy. <laughs> we're on Instagram at Chillinoy Podcast. And we're on Twitter at Chillinoy State. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And God damn it, people, take care of yourselves. <laughs>